Please be warned. This podcast contains lewd language, slapstick violence, and general buffoonery. Listener discretion is wholeheartedly encouraged. Ladies and gents and non-binary friends, welcome to Chapter 6 of Art Frat Rejects Write a Murder Mystery. I'm here with the mirrorous and glossy Huba Gonza. Oh, that's not your last name, Huba Rodriguez Tejada, <laughs> who <laughs> changed you. his last name. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, I'm also here with the ludicrous and symphonist. I don't know. <laughs> Veronica, please tell that's, me. That's great. Hello, and I am here with the uh, the impervious and, uh, well, if Huber's going to use symphonic, then I can use the antonym, the cacophonous yes. Sophia oh. Hotung. Thank you. Glad to be here. Happy to be doing episode six. Oh, wow. So, shall we begin? We shall. Hello, it's Sophia again, and I'm editing, and we didn't tell you the crowbar contributions again. We get better at this a few episodes down, but you're stuck with me telling you them in hindsight for the next few chapters. Anyways, our crowbar contributions this episode are, the phrase is baby succulents from Cuba, and the line is, if the cat's out of the bag, then the hourglass be a ticken which is from me. Listen out for them. When you hear them, you know what to do. You just shout, ding, ding, ding. Okay, Veronica, take it away. Chapter six, the raid on West Mole Town. And you know, I think this is something you, you brought up the last time we recorded, like years ago. My chapters are always the noun on something. So we had like, or the noun of something. It's like, Definite article, noun, preposition, proper noun. That's the Mad Lib. Pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's it exactly. It's a recurring yarn with me, I suppose. So we have the raid on West Mole Town. The Ford police cruiser sped down Utility Way with its sirens blazing, running through each red light in succession without pause or consideration. Elaine sat in the passenger seat beside Golfini. Matthews was in the back. <laughs> oh. Mood radiated from Gulf. <laughs> Poor Matthews. The mood radiated from Golfine's firm, de- determined grimace to Elaine's tongue dangling nonchalantly alongside her jowls, to Matthew's confused, dumbstruck gaze. Indeed, it was tense in the cruiser, but none of the three knew exactly what awaited them when the car finally reached its final destination. You should have left the pooch at the station, Inspector. Matthews complained from the back. I already told you, I'm allergic to dander. Stop your whining, will you already, Matthews? Golfini snapped, placing a protective hand on Elaine's thick fur. We have real things to worry about, not some petty child's problem. Matthews grumbled in the back, crossing his arms protectively over his chest, like a hot child who was just reproached by its parent. It's... it's parent. <laughs> we know how you feel about children, Veronica. Well, I didn't want to specify if it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> there... Oh. Please stay now. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> I don't know a lot about grammar. Oh Continue, Huber. I don't even know why you brought me along. There I was, sitting nicely in the lounge with a donut, a hot cup of coffee made special by the receptionist. The prices rap playing in the background. I was quiet, not bothering anybody. And then, bam! 
there you walk in and <laughs> oh, there you walk in in a hurry <laughs> and tell me to grab my coat. Not even have the decency to tell me where we're going. Matthews continued to rattle off his complaints one by one, but Golfini had stopped paying attention long ago. He would oftentimes liken people such as Matthews to particularly pesky flies. In the long run, sure, they were relatively harmless, but still they were incessantly irksome and never seemed to possess the decency of mind to just move their fat, lazy bodies somewhere else and leave him alone. Wow, what a sentence. Holy job. No, instead they would lounge around the station all day, eat all the glazed donuts, flirt with Arlene, the receptionist, at every opportunity, and then have the audacity to complain whenever they were called for an assignment. Why? Sorry. Why? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, question to you. Question to the audience. Why are donuts associated with the police? Because they open early. I don't. They're good, hot, and cold. They're cheap. They're accessible. They don't go off quickly. Mm-hmm. They provide like mm-hmm. a spike, and I'm just really making mm-hmm. stuff up. Spike in energy. <laughs> I don't know, Hugh. I'm just wrong. Thank okay. you. I mean, you could say the exact same yeah. thing for, like, digestive biscuits. But maybe, yeah. I don't know. I think those were all really valid points. Matthews wouldn't have been his first choice as a companion for that particular mission, but everyone else was out, leaving him with no other option. He barked across the room. Is he a lane now? <laughs> he barked across the room to where his deputy was laying on. No, was sprawled on the couch, one leg dangling over the arm of the chair the other off to his side, and his arm draped dramatically over his forehead while the other groped for another donut. With the prices right ringing joyously in his ears, Matthews had to ask the inspector to repeat himself several times, but eventually he deduced that there was a call on Golfini's phone that they had to follow up on. Beyond that, he was none the wiser. The call in question was from an anonymous, untraceable source number with a deep, dubbed voice. When the phone let out its high-pitched, skin-crawling... Golfini didn't expect much. Probably just Mrs. Sham crying about her black cat <gasps> getting Sham. stuck up in a tree again. Mrs. Sham! I forgot about Mrs. Sham! <laughs> but that's, that's still a few chapters on, so don't get too excited yet. He picked up the receiver and boredly stated, This is Golfini. Someone was breathing heavily on the other end. Golfini pressed his cheek harder into the phone, as if this could possibly help him hear better. But when the voice did finally decide to speak, it was still barely audible. I have something that might be of interest to you, it said. <laughs> it said like deep, oh, it was deep. I'll do it deeper later. But it said dubbed. Doesn't dubbed mean just speaking over an original voice? Like, don't you have to have visuals for something to be dubbed? Yeah, I think I meant, I don't know what I meant. <laughs> I think so. Okay, all right, we'll just work with it. It's just like a, a distorted, distorted voice. Yeah, distorted thing. Yeah. Who is this? The inspector demanded. I guess you could call me a friend of a friend. That was not deeper. (laughs) Sorry. It's fine. I guess you could call me a friend of a friend. What do you want? (laughs) No, inspector. The question is, what do you want? I know. I know everything. See everything. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that's so perfect because that's how a computer automated you know, thing would do it. He didn't want to be, but Golfini was intrigued. He moved not an inch, breathed not an inch. How <laughs> do you breathe not an inch? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I don't know. He didn't breathe, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's measured in volume, Veronica. Inch cubed. <laughs> hey! 
<laughs> he didn't breathe. I guess he breathed true. not an inch <laughs> I was going for a rhythm. I was trying to be a voice-driven novel. See? Oh, Style. Oh, <laughs> Until the voice spoke again. Signor Romanzo. It said. Oh, I have to go I have to go deeper, sorry. Signor Romanzo. It said. What about him? Him. He's out there. Present tense. Breathing. Living. Going about his life under your watch. He isn't captured. You would like to change that. No? Golfini inwardly cringed, remembering his last meeting with the chief. Cringe syringe. I hate that phrase, inwardly cringed. Well, I just hate the idea, like, inwardly cringe. Just like, like, just stop it. Just stop. I can help you, the voice said. Help, I can. <laughs> I'm Sam, I am. <laughs> Dr. Seuss all of a sudden. <laughs> I've been told I'm quite good at helping. I see the little details that others do not. I never miss a thing. My eye is always roving. Okay. <laughs> Tell me what you want to know about Signor Romanzo and his House of Wonders, and I shall help you. I only want one thing, Golfini growled. Tell me where he is. He's close. Never far. He's here in Moletown on the west side. <laughs> He's squatting in the burned-down asylum, biding his time waiting to make his next move. The orphanage? Golfini repeated. What's he doing there? Oh, here's the line. This is the line. This, I think this is a Huber line. This, yeah. Or is, yeah. This a, is this me or Huber? I think, I, think this, I think this is a U yeah, line. This reads like a U line. Okay. Come on. <laughs> okay. If the cat's out of the bag, Inspector. The voice snickered. I don't know how I'm going to snicker. So just imagine it. Okay. Then the hourglass be a ticking. Go to him now. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Go to him now before he absconds again. The caller on the other side of Moletown hung up, leaving the line dead. New scene. Golfini, Elaine, and Matthews pulled up to Vanderlyle Asylum just as it began to rain. They got out of the car and approached the house, where a man dressed in pastel purple pants and a robin's egg blue collar shirt was simultaneously directing a film crew and landscaping team. The former <gasps> were capturing him at his worst possible angle, <laughs> while the latter were planting baby succulents. That's, that's ding, the ding, other ding. one. Oh, yes. That's human's word. Right, because I'm yeah. succulents. Human's not even paying attention. It's like baby succulents in my room. I'm sorry. While the latter were planting baby succulents where the chrysanthemum bushes were supposed to go. Seeing the three approach... Wait, sorry. Question. Mm-hmm. Question. Are chrysanthemum bushes, are those the bushes that swingers put in their front lawns to, like, Tell other swingers that they're also swingers. What? I didn't know. Why do you think Veronica and I would know that? (laughs) Wait, no, sorry. That's pampas grass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) How do you know this? What did you watch? Who do you know? (laughs) This almost went on a really interesting detour. Who have you been talking to? Where's he I'm sorry. Seeing the three approach his newly acquired property, 
Lysander Day Avid's shoulders tensed. Am I Lysander Day Avid? I think, no, I think Hubert is because you're Sherry Sharon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 You were like a Californian playboy. <laughs> Could I do that? Just myself? Just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Let's stick your tongue out <laughs> and wink. Ew, you're like an emoji. <laughs> it's like Miley Cyrus from 2011 or something. Okay. Um, Let me try to do like Venice. I'm going to try to do Venice Beach. <laughs> um, hello, gentlemen. Ooh. He said agreeably with a tooth smile what can i do for you Veronica, is this doing something to your womanhood uh, it is my my uh my i have swagged up ovaries and they're a fluttering <laughs> that's a callback for, to chapter three <laughs> oh my goodness sir please stand off to the side with your employees we need to get into that building golfini said in a rush craning his neck around the barricade of lysander day's head trying to get a good look in the windows <laughs> Whoa, 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 Lysander Day said, holding up his hands. He let out a nervous chuckle. <laughs> what do you need to get in there for? This is no time for questions, sir. Now, if you would please step to the side. This is the perfect time for questions. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can't just walk in here willy-nilly. <laughs> Wait, what? Does he have a warrant? Wait, the- what? What? <laughs> what? I said, I said, this is actually the perfect time to ask questions because Golfini can't just walk in here all willy nilly like that. Oh, I thought you were reading something completely different. I got super. I was like, that's not what it says. <laughs> oh no, that was my aside. <laughs> it's hard to tell because he and Lysander Day, they're just they're so close. They could be cousins. Too similar. Lysander Day Avid is like if Huber was a wasp. Except, yeah, <laughs> except Huber doesn't wear pastels. Maybe yeah. Anyway. <laughs> As of a few minutes ago, I am the proud owner of this private domicile. <laughs> he interrupted. Which I believe entitles me to an explanation. Golfini slapped a warrant into Lysander Day's robin's egged chest. Oh, what? Because <laughs> his shirt is, his <laughs> okay. shirt is robin's egg blue. Got it. All right, all right, gentlemen. If you would just follow me this way. The TV host said quickly. Is Lysander Day even high? No, he's just... Yeah, I said Venice Beach. <laughs> Fair enough, okay. <laughs> the TV host said quickly and compliantly, grinning from ear to ear once more, a little forced. I'll just go and unlock the door for you. <laughs> he fumbled in his pocket for his keys, dropping them several times. <laughs> Golfini, Elaine, and Matthews rushed into the crumbling building and immediately dispersed themselves amongst the dusty old furniture. They moved quickly but silently, scanning the foyer, kitchen, dining room, and sitting room before rejoining at the stairs. With Golfini and Elaine leading the way and Matthews bringing up the tail, they ascended step by step to the second and third floors. While Matthews was checking the bedrooms on the second floor, Golfini took Elaine to the top. A long hallway rolled out before them. Their floorboards creaked, the wind whistling through the busted window howled. Elaine stuck her nose into the floor, sniffing her way down the worn red carpet. Stopping outside the third door on the left, the German shepherd let out a low growl. Golfini pounced immediately, kicking the door open with his foot and grabbing Signor Rolanzo, <gasps> who had backed himself into a corner by the collar of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Signor Romanzo screamed, Unhand me, you burly lumberjack. Quiet, buddy, Golfini growled, reaching for his handcuffs. 
I believe we've already been down this road before, but I'll have to say it again. You're under arrest for the murder of Clara Willoughby. You have the right to an attorney. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You'll never take me alive. Signor Romanzo yelled again as he continued to fight against Golfini, but the inspector's grasp on his arm was too firm. His struggles were fruitless. Oh, but buddy, Golfini said, barely audible. I already have. <gasps> you see, they put Signor Romanzo in one of the interrogation rooms close to the back of the building. He sat in a metal chair with a glass of cold water before him. His head hung low so that his chin barely grazed his chest. Golfini and Matthew stood nearby, pacing back and forth before him. The signor did not seem to be up for much talking that evening, but they still tried to pull something, anything, out of him. Come on, signor, Golfini said. I find it funny that they, he calls him signor. Like, is signor his first name? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> called mister. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Also, you call him the Senor. Huber calls him Senor. <laughs> I know consistency is great. <laughs> we just want to know what happened in your words. Senor Romanzo could faintly be heard singing to himself under his breath. It's you, Yuba. What? Oh my god, where am I? What are you oh looking goodness. at? Oh my god, I don't even know. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Okay. He's been saying that for the past hour. Matthews mumbled. What do you suppose it means? Golfini ignored his deputy. Alright. He drawled out. Let's try another question. The inspector walked to a filing cabinet in the corner of the room and unlocked it. His fingers shuffled through a number of files before he found the one he was looking for. He brought the manila folder back to the table before which Signor Romanzo sat and dropped it between the both of them, it landing with the tiniest of clacks on the hard surface. He tore the folder open and revealed a single photo of a young woman with flaming red hair. His fat thumb pierced her face as he said emphatically, What do you know about this woman? Signor Romanzo's curiosity got the better of him. He stopped humming his ridiculous tune and looked up from his lap. His brow furrowed as he whispered, She's back. <laughs> Who? Goffini demanded. Who's back? Ruby Red. Signor Romanzo couldn't be induced to say anything else that evening. He was brought back to his cell two hours later without dinner. They would resume questioning in the morning. <gasps> oh, sounds like Romanzo's afraid of Ruby Red. Wow. But remember that the Christopher Candell yeah, asphyxiation wow. thing hasn't happened yet because that was six <laughs> weeks from this. Oh my god, I forgot. Why did you... Oh god. That's hard to factor in. Huber did that deliberately. Why? We just need to figure out why. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know either. <laughs> it's your job to figure it out, not mine. <laughs> On that happy note then. Closing time. Oh no, 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 no. You go for it. I was going to close out the thing. You go for it, but you have something to say. Okay, you go. Go close. Go close. 
take it home. No, you close. I don't like closing. I was going to say on that happy note, and then you were going to pick up the rest of it. I know who I want to take me home. And it's you guys. Okay. Okay, we're getting very carried away. Um, okay, close it off. BBT. You can find us on artfratrejects.com, also on Facebook and Instagram at artfratrejects. That's our show. Thanks, everyone. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. If you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, or stalk us, you can find us at artfratrejects.com or on all sorts of social media with the handle at artfratrejects. If you can't get enough, make sure you listen to Case Files episodes too, where we delve into the plot, characters, and vote on the quality of our chapters. Stay safe out there.